Every story needs a hero, and every story needs a villain. All right. Well, we've made it to episode five. That is a little feather in the cap. And it has all to do with the people that are listening. So I'd like to thank the folks that I know that have been giving feedback to me and the folks that have been listening and hitting follow. I appreciate you a whole lot. Uh, this is, like I said in the first episode, it's like I've started my own band here, which I've done many musical projects. But for this, it's definitely more... It, everything has an oversaturation nowadays, let's be honest. There are roughly 17 billion podcasts out there. In my line of work, there's probably 16 billion personal trainers all backed by science, mind you. Uh, there are probably 14 million pre-workouts for fitness, you know, pre-workout caffeinated that are better than the rest. It's, it's, there's so many, it seems like all 8 billion people on the planet are all doing the same things at the same time because there's just so many ways to be exposed out there for what you're doing. I mean, look at Instagram fitness. There's everybody has some sort of training program, um, podcast. There's just, just so many. It's like, you don't even know where to get. It's like, it's like when you try to look up a genre of music, a good one is electronic music. And there are producers for, let's say minimal techno. And you just can't even begin to sort through who is who and what sounds different from another, because you have to basically listen to like 2000 uh, tracks to maybe find two good ones. So for that, I appreciate anyone that's been listening and kind of sharing it and getting it out there, especially with our fancy new graphics and photo shoot and all that with my villainous self. Uh, so I think, I thank you for the feedback. So I was going to plan something fun for this one, but I think I'm going to say it for the next time because after the first four episodes, we were really starting to dig into the types of faces that your villainous self uh, has inside of you. And I was thinking about it. I'm like, well, I've had some people ask me, actually I've had people ask me. It's not one of those posts on Instagram. A lot of people ask me where they don't probably one person asked you. Uh, but I've actually had some people ask me some, not a lot. Keep it 100 with you guys. <laughs> I've had a few people ask me um, just about the types of villains and, and what to look for. So I decided to kind of go right to the source, the ultimate face of a villain or AKA shadow self. And at the root of it all, and John Kim, the angry therapist, who is uh, the lead coach for Journey, which is the life coaching school I'm a part of, he has always said that shame is the lowest frequency that you can live in. He's completely correct. It's like the lowest of the low. When you live in a, a state of shame, 
Uh, it's incredibly hard to get out of it. It's incredibly hard to function as an authentic person. And it's all based on being self-conscious too. Shame informs us of our internal state of unworthiness, uh, our dishonesty, our regret, our disconnection, not meeting our own standards. Shame is a good way for you to know that if you're living in a state of shame, if you're living in a state of shame, all positive emotions are basically going to be off track. And shame motivates us to hide parts of ourself and do something unhealthy in order to save face in front of other people, family, and all that. Now, shame and guilt are different. I want to kind of clarify that real quick. Guilt can sometimes drive you to do repair work with people. If you feel guilty, usually a, a guilty conscience will have you apologize. It'll improve a parts of yourself. Um, it'll make amends with others. Try to rectify situations. Shame does not. When you are feeling shame, it's more debilitating. So there's definitely a difference between the two. Uh, because shame is an emotional response to all your inadequacies. So if someone is, say, uh, overweight, shame would keep them from wanting to step into a gym in order to improve themselves due to that low self-worth uh, comparing themselves to others. There are other types of shame out there as well, or forms of shame, that serve to uh, disown what a shameful person feels and cause you to attack others. Like if a spouse or a partner feels inadequate, uh, they could abuse their spouse or partner or try to degrade them based on their own shame, like try to basically force their shame onto another person. And essentially, relocating one's own shame to another self is uh, self-protection, more or less. Uh, it's a self-protecting maneuver of, of narcissism. So if, let's say like my example, angry husband has a lot of shame for some reason, hasn't dealt with it, he'll push that shame by uh, abusing another spouse until they feel that same shame. Um, so it's basically like a defense mechanism. So typically projecting onto others via abuse, it's uh, also toxic for children to be around, uh, obviously. I mean, that should go without saying, right? But for children to be around that, uh, for them to absorb that shame or develop their own shame at an early age, uh, they'll easily conceal it because they don't know what it is, especially if it comes out as some sort of abuse. So abuse with shame to a child, uh, looking at decades of issues that they would have to take care of. If, say, children are bullied or shamed by their, uh, their peers at a young age, that can lead to developing anxiety early on that could last decades. So it doesn't just have to come from like a parent. It can come from peers. And sometimes that'll do uh, more damage because it's coming from someone their own age. And that is their social circle in which they're trying to develop something bad happens. They get bullied. Social anxiety starts to grow. So a child can catch shame much like a virus, like from parents. So if there's one parent that has a lot of shame in the household, there's a good chance that the kids will also have it to some degree. We kind of talked a little bit about this the last episode, uh, Children of the Shadow, how children end up developing what they repress early on, and then it becomes their shadow and they take it with them. 
And many things that ch uh, children develop shame from or about can lead to issues later on because uh, in our youth, we aren't able to define their emotions. I mean, children don't know what their emotions are at all. They, they know what sad might be, but they don't know the complexities of it yet. And they won't really understand what all those are till later on. So you take a child that is basically shamed early on, doesn't know what that is, stuffs it because they don't know what it is. Nobody explained to them what it is. Then they carry it with them. Their shadow's basically growing as they grow. And then eventually they get to a point where it starts leaking and coming out of the cracks and they don't know what it is. Generally, the root of that's going to be some form of repressed shame. So there are basically their emotions kind of get removed from their conscious self or the negative emotions do. So they just become unaware of it. And many things that children will develop in regards to their shame early on can lead to issues later on because in our youth, when you're young, think back to when, when you were young, like as best you can, because I know some people here are probably like, like, dude, I'm 60. I can't think back to when I was eight. Do your best to. If I think back to when I was like eight, nine years old, somewhere thereabouts, defining emotions beyond sad or happy or Nintendo were kind of difficult. So not being able to define their emotions, any sort of shame gets removed from the conscious self and gets stuffed back to the unconscious self deep within, and then the shadow keeps growing. And this can result in future issues down the road, like eating disorders, social anxiety, like I said, uh, becoming a pathological liar, having uh, emptiness in friendships and relationships, et cetera, et cetera. Then in an adult life, there's a disconnect between like who we want to be and who we inherently are. And the result of that can end up being psychopathology. Adults with a history of shame develop obsessions with becoming someone other than themselves and to free themselves of any flaws or shortcomings that they might have. Shame can be a driving force behind that. And the ironic part is the solution that adults seek in order to rectify this is also the the problem they're trying to escape. It's like two sides of the same pillow to go after something other than authentic self authenticity. Um, the more you increase judgment of self. So it's kind of becomes this cycle after a while. And this is why shame is that lower frequency because of the complexities of it in trying to fix it and try to identify all the layers of it and why it exists in the first place. So you might be asking, how do we fix this? How do we help our shame? Well, I mean, I'd like to give you a solution or at least an idea of one. We don't want to all be negative on this because there is hope. After all, there's always hope. As they say in the movies, it starts with compassion of self uh, and true compassion of self. Now, self-love is a never-ending practice. It's something that you will always have to work on. Nobody just loves themselves and then just skips around in life merrily. It doesn't work like that. I've said it the last four episodes, and I'll say it again. It takes 
nonstop work, even the most centered, happy people that you know have to keep working at it because life will try to chip away at you and your own subconscious will try to chip away at you. And all these things are there to give you a challenge. So the work is never done. That's why starting it is so important. That's why being honest with yourself with the work is so important. And reciting affirmations aren't going to do the trick. That's not how anything gets fixed. Positive self-talk, as much as I like to preach it, like the I am video that I did on the Metal Made Fitness page, which I believe, I mean, you definitely want to say positive things to yourself, but we're talking about an issue that could be rooted in you for 30, 40 years that you've never really dealt with. So as much as I love the I am dot, 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 that ain't going to cut it. We're talking about deep work. We're talking about looking at the villain. We're talking about shadow work, all the layers of it and real acceptance of this shame and doing the work has to be done in order to start fixing it. Shame is formed from these deep emotional experiences. Okay. Way back when most shame that we have is developed before you turn 21 or able to drink or generally before you're able to even drive a car. That's how deep this stuff is. And that's why it's such uh, an integral part of your shadow self, shame, repression, it's all there for your shadow. And it's embedded far, far down. You have to truly figure out who you are, not by changing into something that you are not. Too many people are embroiled in this self-help battle which is nothing more than concealed manifestations of an underlying shame. So trying to self-help this shame away, it's just not going to cut it. So you have to do the true work. You have to do the real work. You have to, like I've said, find the shadow, AKA your villain, sit with it, look at it and embrace it in order to start integrating it eventually. So for those folks listening right now, there's a really good chance, and I can attest to this as well, because my own villain was rooted in shame, that you have to look for what you feel shame for in order to locate this villain inside you. If you can do that, then you're on the road to integrate it, starting the process, the long, hard process of integration of your shadow into your persona. But that's where it all starts. So maybe it's time for you to look at what you feel the most shame for. I'm willing to bet if you can do that, you'll find that shadow self. You'll find that villain. Then you can get started on the real work. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to do a fun one the next time. We're going to kind of skip to the left, skip to the right, get get off track a little bit. We'll come back to this stuff in a future episode, but... I wanted to do something fun the next episode, so I'll make it a surprise, but it'll be worth listening to. We'll say it has to do a lot with heroes and villains, if you catch my drift. We are now on Spotify. You're probably listening to that there. We are on Stitcher, and we are also on Apple Podcast as well. So if you have any of those apps, you should be able to find us, and we're going to keep on trying to get added to more podcast apps. Until then, I am Drew. I appreciate you listening. Go get some work done. Be kind to yourself. Be true to yourself. And we'll see you the next episode.